All right, yet another weird week of our podcast where uh, I'm standing outside on a street corner in Seoul, South Korea, just because uh, I don't want to bother all of the people in my my weird little Airbnb where there's like 30 guys crammed in all together with paper-thin walls. So I just head outside to do a podcast. So last week we watched uh, Danger Man, and it was this Danger Man episode that was, I guess, the inspiration for The Prisoner, but it was this... uh, this town where they were training foreign spies to be American. And that made me think of this show I'd heard about called The Americans that is a more recent show. And uh, I just thought we could watch an episode because I was just curious to check it out. And it's uh, extremely appropriate. You know, it's connected to that stuff. I guess the main difference is when we watch old TV shows, you know, you can just watch an episode and get a sense of it. But with a more current show, you know, we're supposed to sit down and watch all 75 of these, you know, it's not going to be a self-contained story. But, you know, whatever, we'll watch a new show for once, it's a little change of pace, and I was just curious about this show. So I think you said last week you didn't know anything about this show? Not a thing, never heard of it. All right, well, I'll just give you the real brief rundown. The Americans is a period spy drama television series which aired for six seasons from 2013 to 2018. It's set during the Cold War, and it follows two Soviet KGB intelligence officers posing as an American married couple living in a suburb of Washington, D.C. with their American-born children. It begins in the aftermath of the inauguration of President Ronald Reagan in January 1981. The Americans was acclaimed by critics, many of whom considered it among the best of its era, and it won so many awards that, I'll be frank, I didn't write them all down. (laughs) It was too many. It just won a crap load of stuff. So that's just the basics, but, uh, I mean, doesn't sound bad. <laughs> Sounds good, in fact. And uh, somebody did leave us a comment last week saying that, uh, you know, that this show obviously has a much higher sophistication level than Danger Man or whatever just because it's the modern era and stuff, and said that even though we won't be watching the whole series, they said if we did watch the whole series, one of the things that they found remarkable about it was that you start to... Uh, you know, you start to identify with the KGB agents to the point that you kind of, you're, you're almost rooting for them against America. And I thought that was a bit of a funny comment because I will bet dollars to donuts that comment came from an American, <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like it would, from our Canadian perspective, the opposite is what would surprise me. Like, what if you watched a show and the show was so good and so compelling that it made you be on America's side, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't dislike America. There's a lot of good things about being next to America. But the Canadian experience is we wake up every day, we check the news, and it's always some dumb thing happening in America for literally decades on end. Like, you know, I think we have a pretty jaded view of America. So I just thought that was a slightly funny comment because I bet, I bet it'll be a lot easier for us to be on the side of the, of the... Not that we're for Russia. Russia can fuck off. Russia's insane. But... But it's just, I don't know, it's such... Because you know how they grow up in America with, like, America's the greatest country, the land of the free, we're number one. Nobody else feels that way about America, (laughs) except Americans, so... I suppose I should stop right now, I'm just offending everyone, but I thought that was a bit of a funny comment in that regard. But yeah, alright, so we're going to watch just the very first episode, so let's just throw that bad boy on.
what do you think so far? You know, they tell you everything, but... I don't know, when you see it, it just seems brighter. There's a weakness in the people. I can feel it. So yeah, overall, I'd say uh, I liked that show. I thought it was pretty good. Well, I thought it was okay. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch 97 episodes or 75 episodes, whatever. Although it might get better, and maybe I'd like it if I kind of got more caught up in it. Yeah, you're probably in kind of a better position, because I think I liked it enough that I'm definitely curious. But yeah, that's where you get stuck in that awkward position of uh, it would have been so much easier to watch it every week when it was coming out. You know, now to dive in, it's like, oh man, like, I am curious, but I'm not 74 episodes curious. I don't know, we'll see. I think I might, uh, I might check out some more. But I think definitely, I mean, I don't know, maybe a movie would be too short, but it has that TV thing of like, you can really feel where there's huge amounts of padding in certain parts where it's like, this would never be going this slow if it wasn't a modern TV show. Even if it was an old school TV show, they wouldn't waste so much time. But the way modern shows are, you know, it is just like one long movie that never ends. So they can really drag some stuff out. Exactly. And there were things like, uh, I timed it at the beginning, that chase scene where they they, uh, captured the KGB guy. That was five minutes leading up to it with all the music showing us all the scenery and all that stuff in the night. Then there was the um, the actual capture of him. That all took 10 minutes. That was even before the title started. Now, they could have shortened that down big time. And this one was longer because it was the pilot. The average episode, from what I understand, it kind of jumps around. So a lot of them are, I think all of them basically are shorter than that. But, uh, but yeah, also, you know, the kids, for example, that's the kind of thing that if this were a movie, it would be the opposite problem. The kids would have gotten the short shrift and we would have learned nothing about the kids. But if I had to pick <laughs> between learning nothing about the kids or, oh, let's get to know these kids, get out of here, kids. <laughs> we don't need you. Exactly. Especially if the plan is to do a large number of episodes, you can introduce all that stuff in, in future episodes. You don't need to waste your first show just watching the kids and interacting with the kids and how wonderful the kids are. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, on the other side of that is... Uh, when they have their sex scene in the car I felt kind of the same way even though it's completely different like that should be the kind of thing like oh I get to see this but I felt the same way where I was like this could have been a nice fade to black we don't need to spend several minutes watching them make out exactly and there were two two obligatory sex scenes we saw the initial one at the beginning and that kind of went on for a while and we saw her unbuckling his pants and obviously doing down the zip and all that stuff and then later her and him in the car and that the heavy breathing and all you know really we didn't need all that that didn't add a thing to the story itself that is one thing i wonder how the pacing is going to go as it continues because that's one thing i felt was a little weird about it is it had the the very slow parts but at the same time i think in order to make sure that it hooks people in the first episode certain things were much much faster than i expected Like, I didn't expect the husband to start talking about defecting to America. Like, that's some season two or season three shit. That shouldn't happen in the first episode. 
And, uh, and then there's weird stuff like the guy moving in next door who, uh, well, first off, this made me realize my ignorance. I don't know what the difference is between CIA and FBI because it just occurred to me, like, I don't know which one he is. I don't know what the difference is. Do you know what the difference is? He's the FBI. And FBI is usually more internal in the United States. Federal Bureau of Investigation started in the 19 late 20s or the early 30s by J. Edgar Hoover. The CIA is more of a national spy type, more international. Right. I don't know. It's funny, just these little things as a Canadian, these little things that I don't realize that I don't know. Like uh, when I first moved to New York, I was playing Trivial Pursuit, an American edition, which I'd never done before. And a question came up about the District of Columbia. And this is going to make me sound like a real dummy, but I didn't know what that was. I only knew it as Washington, D.C. They had to explain it to me. And these Americans were like, God, Canadians are so dumb. But, <laughs> but it just never came up. And they have to, they have to clarify Washington, D.C. from Washington State, which is over on the West Coast, south of, uh, yeah. south of British Columbia. The whole thing was quite confused in my mind, <laughs> for sure. But as far as TV contrivances also, like, so the, the FBI guy moving in next door, at first I thought, like, oh, maybe that's, like, they know these people are spies, so they want to put the pressure on them. But then as I thought about that a little more, it's like, well, that's extremely unprofessional. There's no way you would tip off the KGB spies that you know they're spies. Like, that would be ridiculous. And then it's revealed that, that he doesn't know. He has his weird suspicions, but he's not there deliberately to catch them. But then that becomes the unreality of TV. Like now I just have to accept that this guy coincidentally moved in next door. <laughs> you know? Like, so it's, it's got that weird balance of like, it's a relatively serious drama, but some of this stuff is so pulpy that a pulp story wouldn't do it. Well, even the part where I told you where he introduced himself and he introduced himself not only as an FBI agent, but when the guy says uh, the the main guy says, uh, so what do you do, get bank robbers and that kind of stuff? He should have just said, yeah, that's what I do. But no, he goes up further on and gives all this personal information about that he is involved with espionage and spy hunting and that kind of stuff. And it's like, what? <laughs> God, you're actually telling the, telling your neighbors that? Isn't there a, a kind of a, a confidentiality thing when you become an FBI agent where you kind of keep your trap shut about what you're doing? Maybe not. Yeah, that, that's a good point because, yeah, that's another thing that if it was a deadly game of cat and mouse again, a double-triple cross, then, yeah, that would be, it would be a funny thing to tell them if he knew they were spies because he knows they can't act on it. So it's just like him twisting the knife, you know, poking the wound. But, yeah, if he doesn't know, then he would have told any neighbor that. Yeah, like, you make a good point. Like, that's, surely that's not the protocol. <laughs> surely that's not what you do. It's like in the first show, they wanted to get out as much information as they could about absolutely everybody so that they could move on to the second show or the third show and not have to explain anything. I mean, they really laid it all out here. There was no innuendo or wondering who was who or what's going on here. No secrecy, nothing like the Danger Man, for example, where we were watching and we were said, what the hell's happening here? And then it all came together in the last few minutes. This one, practically right from the opening titles, you knew what the story was, who they were, how it was unfolding. They, they just laid everything out in one show. 
Yeah, I guess though I do, uh, I do feel some sympathy for them though because we are also in an era of TV where you don't really get a second chance. Like so much hinges on this one episode. If this episode doesn't get people to start watching, I don't know that there's such a thing as the slow build. Like back in the day there was the famous story of how Cheers was one of the lowest rated shows on NBC and uh, the only reason they didn't cancel it is because they didn't have anything else ready to go and then it slowly built up to become the number one show, you know? But I just don't know that that's possible anymore now that there's a zillion channels and a billion shows. So I guess they kind of have to make sure that you watch it and I mean, in my case, I think it worked. I think I will watch a couple more. But I do, I'm curious to see, like I bet it is gonna take a, a shift after this. Like once we got you hooked, now we can maybe not, yeah, not be so so completely weirdly obvious about everything. Because <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. It's certainly not a lot of mystery. It's really well laid out so far. And I found it did things which I personally find insulting. And I find this insulting about TV. They kind of dumb it down. Like, it's like I'm, I'm watching and I'm too dumb to figure out stuff. Here's an example. Okay. So our main man there, the KGB agent, whatever, American now, he knows that they know what his car looks like. The car that left the scenes, he knows that they know the make, the model, the color, everything. So Buddy Next Door, who he now knows also is an FBI agent, he brings <laughs> yeah. him over to his house to get the get the cables. Now, he could have just left the guy out in the yard. He could have left him in his house, and he could have gone into the garage and got the cables and come back out. No, he invites him into the garage. And while he's in the garage, of course, Buddy's looking at the car, saying, oh, yeah, and he mentions that it's a gold whatever kind of car it was. He mentions that. Because obviously in his mind, he, he also knows what kind of car picked up the FBI. Then Buddy, our smart KGB American agent uh, guy, goes to the back of the car and opens the trunk with the FBI agent in the garage and mentions to the guy inside to keep quiet, and stupid does, <laughs> mentions all that shit, roots around, gets the cables, and then conveniently closes the trunk. And they're like, come on, what was all that about? If you're really smart, you would never invite the guy into the garage where you know you've got the hot car. You've got the guy in the trunk who you kidnapped, and you know the guy's an FBI agent. Come on. Like, I, I don't, I don't, oh, that just, when I saw that, I said, oh, man, come on. You could play that a little better. God, you don't have to expose all that. There is also a weird thing that uh, definitely felt like a bit of a disconnect is, is yeah, like especially in that case, you wouldn't want to uh, give up your 15 years that you've been in America for, yeah, for such a, like you wouldn't take these risks. But even that whole notion that they've been there for 15 years and they've been a family for 15 years, like it's clear a lot of the themes are going to be about marriage and whatnot, but it does seem like we're just starting from now. It doesn't feel like they have any personal history. Like, where did these kids come from? How did they, I don't know. It all feels very empty. It's a bit weird. Well, I think that will come in the future. They'll show how their relationship developed. Because they kind of opened that door a little bit when they showed them arriving in Virginia in 1965. And they go into the hotel room and she says, I'm not ready. And he says, well, we are married. And she says, well, I'm not ready. Well, obviously she gets ready in the future future show 
But yeah, it's funny that thing I was saying at the start, the idea that like, oh, you know, as you watch this show, sometimes you slowly come around to maybe being on their side. And like I was saying, that is exactly, exactly the prediction I had is true. I'm 100% on Felicity's side. I'm like, hell yeah, she doesn't want to give up her country. She's sticking to the plan. Like, she's my favorite for sure. But I do think it's funny that the husband, he's talking out of one side of his mouth about how we should take, uh, we should defect to America and get relocated and have a nice life with our kids. But then that, uh, he goes to, just this random guy who made a creepy comment about his daughter, he tracks the guy down, goes to that guy's house, stabs a skewer through his hand. And I do think that's kind of funny that like, he's talking about being like, oh, the nice idyllic American life, but he's a crazy psycho KGB agent. <laughs> like he's not gonna fit in. <laughs> Even after all this time in America, he thinks he's like, oh, I'm just American now. Let's just be American. But I like that, that it's like, nah, he's, he is definitely a different breed of person that is not gonna fit into the nice little American life. So yeah, I guess that's the thing is I do feel like at the same time, well, I guess this is like a backhanded compliment maybe, is this definitely was enough to get me to watch some more episodes, but one of the things that is encouraging me to watch it is I don't feel like this is the kind of show that I'm gonna need to like sit there and focus on. I do feel like this is the kind of show I can put on in the corner of my computer screen while I'm doing something else and just see where it goes. You know, like it's that nice level of uh, definitely an interesting show, but not like some, you know, award-winning BBC miniseries where I really need to watch it. <laughs> you know, I can kind of half-ass watch this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They really, it, well, it's standard, it's standard Brit uh, or American fare where they, they don't leave a whole lot to your imagination. They they have to tell you this stuff. And that's when I say the book dumbing it down. It's like, man, like they figure I'm so stupid that I can't figure this out for myself. I guess not. It is interesting, like, I mean, because, you know, we generally watch old stuff for this podcast. And I do think that's kind of a neat thing in a way is that TV has not progressed in a linear way. Like you can't just say new TV is good, old TV is bad because they're just completely different things you know like if you want to watch a show that is a never-ending 300 hour long movie that's what new tv is but if you want to just watch self-contained stories that are written in a different way and use time in a much more effective way really you have no choice really you just got to go back to the old stuff so in that sense the old stuff is still i feel like it's still relevant and it still has a place because uh because, yeah, it's very different than modern TV and is definitely better in a lot of ways. And I have said as kind of a diss to American TV that they gotta always got to lay it out, lay it out, lay it out. But that's not absolutely true because the man, the man from UNCLE has that kind of British-type formula of espionage where you're just introduced to the characters, you're introduced to the plot, but you can't figure out right from the get-go exactly what's going on. It has a tendency to be more like those those British ones, which kind of leave you in the dark and then tell it to you at the end. That being said, though, yeah, I didn't hate that show, and I think I'll, I'll watch at least some more of it. We'll see. We'll see how far I get. Well, I'll pass. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>